Welcome to The Hidden World of Women, a podcast brought to you by Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. My name is Emma and I'll be your host for today's episode. Perth is one of the most isolated capital cities in the world. Growing up here in Western Australia, bands didn't come to WA. In fact, uh, we kind of joked that nothing ever came to WA. And as we've gotten older, it's um, quite exciting that things don't come to WA because apparently pandemics don't come here either. So in Western Australia, we haven't exactly been impacted by the pandemic in the same way that other countries or even other cities have been. And so we've only seen what the pandemic looks like through watching it on the news or watching it through social media. And a few of the people I was speaking to have been really interested in what the reality of that was like. So today I'm joined by an amazing woman. Charlotte works in community services. She, uh, she's a community services manager working with dementia and support services. She's studying counselling and psychotherapy. And I won't hold it against her, but she's a cat lover. Charlotte lives in Nottingham in the north of England with her fiancé, who should now be her husband, and her two cats, Ed and Loki, Maine Coons. So thanks for joining me today, Charlotte. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, how is everything going over in the UK now? Well, we're all, um, I guess we're all in a bit of a party stage at the minute because uh, things yeah. <laughs> been slightly. And I think we're probably in that stage now where we're taking advantage of a few more freedoms while it lasts because obviously we don't know what's going to happen with the new Delta variant and yeah, we're not sure what's gonna happen. Obviously everything was meant to be easing from the 21st of June, but now, yeah, it's obviously all in question. So yeah, it's nice. So all of our pubs and restaurants and you know, hospitality and leisure and everything's starting to reopen now. So that's really nice. How exciting. So what can you give us a rough idea around i guess kind of the timeline that you've had so you know um you when did things start closing down and how long were you in lockdown and what what did lockdown actually look like for you Hmm. so i was sent home from work um i was working in a hospital and i was sent home i think it was the 17th of march last year oh wow yeah <laughs> so that's how long i've been working from home um so that's when things started to get really bad and it was looking like we was going to be going into a national lockdown and i think it was around it was only about a week later that we went into national lockdown so that meant that everyone had to if you could have to work from home we wasn't allowed to mix households everything was closed so apart from things like essential shops or you know pharmacies and that was it basically we was told to just stay in we was allowed to go out and exercise once a day um and yeah that was it really i was i've been working from home for the whole of the pandemic but then my partner ash he had i think probably maybe four weeks part working from home but he's been in the rest of the time because he's classed as a key worker because his company makes hand sanitizer so that Uh, was the only reason he was allowed in uh do you think that's made it easier for you that you haven't actually been locked in the same house together for that 14 15 months however many months it is (laughs) 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, do you think it would be harder because you're literally isolated and at home by yourself? Actually, no. I think definitely having, having being locked in the same house with your partner, I'm not sure I'd make it through. No, that would be so hard. I don't know how people have done it. Yeah. So when you're saying that you couldn't, um, you know, you were limited to just your household. So you couldn't see any of your family? No. So in theory, I wasn't allowed to see my mum and dad or my brothers or, yeah, anyone really. It was, if you had a caring role for someone, you could go and drop off supplies. But again, you wasn't supposed to be going in the house. So my mum and dad were not told to shield. Do you have shield in here? No. Okay, so shielding was for people who were older or who had disabilities, and they was basically told they needed to stay, and so they wasn't allowed to go to the shops or anything like that either. Oh, wow. So my mum and dad didn't come under that category, but um, they are slightly vulnerable because of health conditions. So I was able to go once a week and drop shopping off, but it was literally dropping it off at the doorstep and then standing back and having you know, a few minutes conversation with them, which is okay in summer, but when yeah. it started in March and it's absolutely it's freezing, and snowing. absolutely pouring down with rain, you don't tend to want to do so much. You don't want so, to hang around out the front and have a chat for half an hour in the sleet. <laughs> no, exactly. Oh. So it was very, very limited contact with everyone. Mm. Wow, that's... um. I can't, I sort of can't grasp my, get my head around the idea of just having to drop shopping at the, do- at the door and then, you know, standing. How, like, how close were you allowed to get to them? I mean, in well, theory. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? It changes all the time. Uh, I think you meet a distance. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's, um, that sounds like, Sounds like fun. And how did you go doing your job working from home? So it was all done by telephone and email. Um, and as part of my, well, as part of the work I was doing, they set up a welfare service. So basically it was to get food, medication and welfare checks to people across Nottingham and Nottinghamshire. So I was part of the allocations team where we'd be allocating service users to volunteers who'd signed up Uh, um, to go and fetch the shopping and things like that. Because we was absolutely inundated because obviously there was all these people who was told, you know, with such short notice that actually they shouldn't be going out anymore. Yeah. It was too hard. And because you were supporting elderly people, so, Mm -hmm. and you were doing that through telephone and online services, were there, I mean, there must have been logistical issues with that, with older people perhaps struggling with you know I mean I we had nothing compared to what you do but um you know I was saying before we came on air that I've really struggled with the number of zoom meetings I really can't imagine somebody in their 80s who was who's going to be particularly au fait with connecting to zoom and having their appointments that way yeah no we I mean it was something that we could offer zoom and teams meetings but obviously you know, a lot of older people were unable to access that. So it literally was just telephone or speaking to families. Yeah. And did you have a lot of people, volunteers, who signed up to help out? 
Yeah, we did. We had hundreds of volunteers, so that was really good. I bet they did. Everyone's got their hand up. Please take me. I want to get out of the house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sadly, because I was um, yeah part of the allocations, I wasn't able to go out um, and do the shopping myself, although we did sign up for a few people on the street, so that was nice. That was like my weekly outing to to the supermarket oh gosh now speaking of weekly outings to the supermarket did you have a toilet paper shortage oh yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) see we can bond over these things (laughs) because obviously um italy was hit really hard first we for some reason had a short well because of obviously that we had a shortage of pasta as well so we couldn't get pasta we couldn't get tin tomatoes and we couldn't get um, toilet paper. And there was actual fights. I mean, I didn't see any, but it was on the news that there was actual fights of people fighting over things in the shop and yeah. they had to put restrictions on how many things you were allowed to take, which again was really difficult when you was doing shopping for multiple people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had, I mean, we had something similar last, probably around the same time last year. I have no idea why, but um, one of the politicians said something like, you know, make sure you've got enough food and toilet paper in the house for two weeks. I'm not sure how much toilet paper people thought they were going to need for two weeks, but, you know, the next day all the shelves were empty. And similarly, we didn't have any rice or pasta and, you know, those shelves were empty for quite some time. But our youngest child, she thinks that it's a race to the end of the toilet paper roll. So we were rationing. We're kind of going, you can have three sheets. That's, so, that's it. You're limited, and once a day you can have a couple of extra. So, yeah, fun times. But yes, because I was, um, I was adamant that I wasn't going to be one of these people who stopped up. And um, Ash kept saying to me, you know, you really need to go out and start getting some tin stuffs. He was acting like it was the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> He's got me this list. I mean, I don't know why he couldn't go to the supermarket to fetch all these things. He didn't um, want to be the one that was going to be lynched for buying all the tin stuff. <laughs> like, oh, we'll send Charlotte. It'll be fine. She'll be okay. Um, but eventually I did um, I did give in and I went and got his shopping list. Um, and you'll be surprised to know we've still not eaten the tinned fruit for, <laughs> you know, five I don't know, boxes of passata, you know, all these things that are so random that I was like, we don't eat these normally. Why am I going out and buying them now? Just in case there's a zombie apocalypse, you never know. You can throw the cans at them. <laughs> yeah, we... So, yeah, um, we've um, got some very random items left in the uh, in the cupboard. In the pantry. We had a, um, a road trip, my husband and I, we were running an event down in Albany, which is four hours south of here. And um, at the time, we were down to one roll of toilet paper at home. But I was still like, oh, my goodness, I'm not going to be one of those people. But when we were down to the last roll, I was starting to get a bit desperate. And there was none in the shops here. I was like, I'm going to have to start stealing it from work. Um, And then we went down to Albany and I called my husband because I had to quickly pop to the shops. And I called him and said, they've just brought out a carton of toilet paper. And he goes, just buy it all. We'll give one to everyone who's, you know, who's come to the event. I'm like, hell no. (laughs) I'm not risking being lynched for toilet paper. Buying it for us, tell them they can come down and get it. (laughs) You buying it all and keeping it for yourself. (laughs) Well, we had people here who were selling it for, you know, $500 for a 24-pack of toilet paper. 
So. No, really? Mm, yep, yeah, enterprising, hey. <laughs> Um, so you said that you, you know, you weren't allowed to go and visit your parents and your brothers and, um, and your partner's brothers. You're really quite close to your family. How did you go with that? Yeah, I think it was really, really difficult, but I think because I got to see them at least once a week and, um, even if it was just like a brief, a brief meeting, it was still better than than nothing it was really hard for people like my mum because she lives on her own Mm. so she was literally seeing no one apart from the time when I'd go that once a week so it was really hard we did have to get well my dad got a bit inventive so he's got quite a long driveway so when the weather was okay which again wasn't that often Mm. um I'd arrive with the shopping and there'd be some camp chairs at the end of the driveway (laughs) and a glass with um a can of Guinness so we'd sit and have a distance drink which again you know shouldn't really have been doing but um it was not well you were just dropping shopping off yeah how those drink driving laws over there (laughs) one can you find I'm sure well it was usually if um if Ash came with me I'd get him to drive nice well done (laughs) because well that's the thing as well um I'm not suggesting that you drink heavily, but a lot of the UK kind of the social life does involve going to, you know, spending time in pubs and going out for a drink and, um, you know, going and seeing live music, that kind of thing. For that to have shut down for a year, how do you, how did people cope with that? I think we just got used to it, to be honest. Um, But I say that now you go out and it is absolutely packed everywhere mm. it's busier than it you know it ever, ever would have been um it's so hard to find a table you have to book everywhere first but then the restaurants and bars are getting you know they're having difficulty because they're having people not showing up so they're uh. losing money so it's a real shame but yeah it's it's so busy now but i think for us it it just became something that yeah, we just got used to it, really. It was so long. Yeah, it was so long. And obviously Christmas was smack in the middle of that as well. And you had a bit of a yeah. reprieve for Christmas and then it was all a bit uncertain. Well, it was all a bit odd at Christmas because... So before that, and I can't remember when it was, but it was towards the end of summer, things started to open up again and um, we was allowed into places. I think it was you could meet up with six people indoors but hospitality could open again um but then we had a two week i think it was two week lockdown just before christmas and then the hope was that things for christmas would be okay and Mm. we'd be able to just you know carry on as normal but we went into a tiered system so different areas of england had different rules but unfortunately, where we was, we was in the strictest tier. So all pubs and restaurants um, had closed. And I think it had gone back to, again, that we wasn't allowed to meet anyone indoors. Mm. But if you went over to Cheshire, where my brother lives, they was in a tier down from us. So they was going out for meals and stuff. So they went out on Christmas Day. Ah. And then... Yeah, so we we did have, I think it was a three-day break over the Christmas period 
where we was allowed to meet up with six people indoors but that was it nothing was open it was in people's houses i saw i mean i really shouldn't laugh but i did say that so you can meet indoor so you can meet with six people but please try and keep the windows open and put your most vulnerable people closest to the windows or outside if possible it's literally subarctic conditions and you want to put the elderly next to an ice cold window or outside if possible like <laughs> yeah no one wants that do they no one wants or just this idea that, okay, well, we're just going to have this three-day reprieve and COVID will know that it's um, it just needs to, COVID just needs to hold off for three days till after Christmas and then it can it come back again. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I mean, I think what, from speaking to people, what a lot of people did, because the numbers were, again, getting so high at that mm. point, said, you know, actually, it's not worth risking seeing people or, you know, especially people who were vulnerable, it just yeah it just wasn't worth it so a lot of people ended up spending it on their own yeah and so you obviously did the the time um you don't have children which meant that you didn't have to you know work out how you were going to keep them entertained for the whole time but at the same time people with children did have the ability to be able to see more people is that right they could have a they could have some sort of bubble where they could see somebody else yeah, I'm not 100% sure how this mm. works, but I think there's a childcare bubble. Um, but I don't think that came in until... So I think in the first lockdown, I don't think that happened. Ah. As far as I'm aware, unless you was a key worker, then you yeah. could send your kids into schools. Um, but yeah, certainly people can see more people if they've got children as say, just because there is that support network. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have a lot of friends who were homeschooling and trying to work at the same time. And any of them yeah. still sane? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we. <laughs> it was very, very hard. Yeah, we only had it for uh, you know a few weeks at the start of or somewhere through last year, and I was like, you know what, we're not even trying to homeschool. Just you know, we're just kind of gonna ride it out and see what happens. Um, but yeah, I saw people who were trying to, you know, they're trying to educate and work full time and uh, yeah, it was just a nightmare. So yeah, I just gave in pretty much. <laughs> um, but people did. I think um, in the second lockdown when schools were closed, the most recent one, mm. um, schools were a bit more prepared and they'd arranged lessons on Zoom. So yeah. everything was done virtually. But I think that again had problems in itself because actually getting children to sit for, you know, seven hours yeah. a day to actually do Zoom lessons when, you know, they've got all these distractions around them in the bedrooms and stuff, you know. It's hard enough really. to try and get kids to sit still in a classroom, let alone at home. Yeah, definitely. A few enterprising kids I saw, you know, managed to work out how to make their, you know, their little icon for Zoom just look like their face and then left that up and then wandered off. <laughs> Figured the teacher's not going to notice. In a class of 28, they're not going to notice that one kid hasn't moved in three hours. <laughs> yeah, good on them. Um, but in the middle of this, you were supposed to get married. Yeah, so we were supposed to get married on the 24th of May. Um, we knew 
think we knew around March that it wasn't going to happen, but you had that hope that, yeah. you know, this is all going to go away in the next month or six weeks. We're all um, just blowing this out of proportion. It's just a flu. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it can't possibly, like, yeah, go the way that they're saying. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that all got cancelled. Um, we thought at the time that we might do it towards the end of last year. So I think we'd said around the September time, mm. but again we didn't book anything in it just wasn't worth it and yeah luckily we didn't because obviously it wouldn't have happened so we're booked now for the end of august so it's one of them really you still still like at this point we're thinking we don't know if it's going to happen or not mm. in theory it should um at the minute weddings are allowed to go ahead but you're only allowed 30 guests um 30 so, yeah. so three zero 30. no 30. yeah 30 yeah so yeah i think we'll just wait and see um as i say from the 21st of june everything's supposed to reopen and we're allowed you're supposed to allowed you know unlimited guests and everything's going back to normal but yeah i just can't see it happening really it's not looking that way so how was it so you were because i know because you were sort of holding out hope that it was all going to go ahead how was it for it to sort of not go ahead? How long did you hold out hope before you went, you know what, we're just, we're calling it? Um, I think we called it pretty early just because it was that uncertainty. Mm. So like people booking hotels and yeah. arranging transport and things like that. And it just wasn't fair to people really. Um, we was really worried about people obviously losing money and things like that, which, yeah, isn't great. Um, back when everything first started, I mean, everything's a lot better now. We've, I think companies have learned to adjust and, mm. you know, there's cancellation policies and you get full refunds and things. But actually when, when it first started, no one knew where they stood with anything. So, you know, when people book things and it got canceled like holidays and stuff, they didn't know if they'd get the money back or it mm. might take months and months to get it back. And I know there's still people now who haven't got money back. So, yeah, I think we wanted it to be, we wanted to give people some sort of certainty, I guess, actually, that, you know, it, I think we, <laughs> I'm saying now it just feels like really naive that we thought, oh, God, you know, if we book it for next year, like summer next year, everything has got to be absolutely fine. Yeah. Not be, um, and I'm saying naively now because I'm looking and thinking we're only a couple of months away, and it's mm. still we're still in the same boat, really. It's funny. I've been watching some of the older episodes of UK panel shows, and mm. on that they're sort of talking about the lead up to Brexit, and then because you know that was the biggest thing, and um, you know so after Brexit, will we be able to travel? And we watched something last night, and I looked at my husband and went. Well, it appears no, they won't be able to travel. <laughs> so, you know, no, because nobody saw this coming. No, no. And I think even when it was here, you still couldn't comprehend the scale of it or have that understanding of how it was going to impact our lives, really. Mm. And to say now we're still here this far down the line, you know, what is it, a year and five months or whatever, mm. And you're it's still just, working from home. Yeah. Well, we're going to be working from home permanently, actually. 
Um, that was a decision the company decided to make. Um, but a lot of people who will be going back into the office are still working from home. Yeah. And, and there's no date really yet on when it's going to return. I think what people don't want to happen and what seems to have happened so many times now is that we've gone back to a little bit of normality and things have started to open up again and they've put things in workplaces to get people back. And then in a matter of weeks or, you know, a couple of yeah. months, we're back to square one again. And or we're back, you know, one. where the numbers are rising and yeah. it's going, right, okay, if we don't do something, not going to end up in another lockdown mm. so i think as i say companies just don't want to make any decision big decisions until they know exactly what's going to happen yeah and nobody wants to be the one that's responsible for the next you know nobody wants to have case zero at their workplace or you know the event that they've put on and that kind of thing i think people are really quite cautious about you know they say no publicity is bad publicity oh, i kind of think maybe there is some bad publicity around this yeah and some people just don't, you know, some companies just don't have the means to put things in place to open safely. So, yeah. you know, they can't social distance. And so you are still socially distancing over there. So it sounds as though the pubs are really quite full. How are they managing, how are they maintaining that? Well, it's supposed to be social distancing. Um, it, it isn't really <laughs> happening. Yeah. Okay. So same as here then. <laughs> you have to wear so we have to wear a face mask so when you go in somewhere you wear a face mask till you sat down um any indoor buildings you have to have a face covering um same with the supermarkets and things like that but actually still it, it's so hard to social distance yeah. how are you coping with the face masks it's okay in winter it's mm. actually quite nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> quite liking it even when I could um, take it off I was like oh no I'll keep this on it's keeping me quite warm um but in summer it's horrible mm. it's really horrible I really I mean I can't say anything because I very rarely have to wear them apart from a say going to a supermarket or something but um for some people like one of my friends she works in the hospital and she wears it all day oh gosh and the hospitals are really hot yeah I couldn't I um no, it's not nice. I mean, I did get a bit of a taster for it, really, because we went back to university face to face a couple of weeks ago, and all day we had to sit in our face mask ah. then, unless we was eating and drinking. Oh wow! And were you talk? So um, we had to have a we had a very short amount of time where we had to wear face masks over here, and you had to wear face. It was like two weeks, um, but we had to wear them. Yeah, when we were in the office, and it was a bit ridiculous. So if you were the only person in your office, you still had to wear a face mask. Like the only person I'm likely to be infecting is my plants. So I reckon I'm probably okay. But, um, you know, we ended up having our therapist working from home because you can't talk for seven and a half hours in a face mask. So how did people, how did you cope with that at uni? It was really, really difficult. Um, especially because we're doing things like skills practice. So we're doing practice counseling sessions. <sighs> Um, that are being assessed by the tutor. So actually doing a counselling session in a face mask. Yeah. yeah. It's it's not very relational. Well, no, and there's a lot of non-verbal signs that you're not able to pick up on because half your person's face is covered. Yeah, yeah, really difficult. Mm, yeah, exceptionally But it difficult. was still a bit of a... I suppose now it's... Um, the mentality is, oh, well, at least we're back. Yeah. <laughs> 
not trying to you do know, it via Zoom and there's, I'm actually in the same room as a person. Yeah, it's a small price to pay. And yeah. um, we were just all happy to be back because, again, you know, I've not been back into university since the beginning of March. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And so doing all of that via Zoom and, you know, all day for three days, oh, yuck. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even my... So I'm on placement at the minute with a bereavement counselling centre and all of that has been online. So all of my sessions... Oh, wow. Yeah, so have been on Zoom or telephone. We just started the last, I think I started two weeks ago going back to seeing people face-to-face at the centre. Well, as somebody who runs a mental health service, can I just say that if you can do your placement and you can do effective counselling over the phone or via telehealth, when you go and do it face-to-face, you're going to absolutely ace it. So if you, like it is so much harder to do via telephone when you are, you have to listen so much harder because you're missing out on so many of those cues to do it via Zoom or telehealth. I take my hat off to you. So in person, you're going to absolutely rock. Thank you. Uh, so now just to confirm, because you're planning to get married, since you have been in lockdown, you do actually still want to get married? Yes. <laughs> Probably only because we've not spent, you know, 24 hours with each other. That's it. I wonder how it would be if you had been in the same house for 15 months without without any reprieve. Perhaps he wouldn't have been driving you to your dad's house to drop off shopping. <laughs> no, I think that would have been a nice break. Yeah. But you did, so you celebrated what would have been your wedding day last year. Hmm. Yeah, so it was quite nice actually. So um, our family set up a zoom like zoom party and um they had the background as the wedding venue that we should have been in drinks and yeah played a quiz and things like that um and then me and ash just we went for a nice walk it was really nice day actually um and went for a picnic and at lots of nice things and yeah, yeah it was good oh beautiful um and so now, you spoke before about the kids who have been doing homeschool. Have you participated in any of the Joe Wicks fitness things that have been the massive craze over there? I haven't, no. Yeah, can I just give you a hint? Don't try because I nearly <laughs> died. <laughs> yeah, I've heard, I've heard how hard they are and I thought, no, I'm not going to bother with that. <laughs> Has there um, been anything that you have, you know, you hear about people in lockdown who – we, like I said, we only had a very short amount of time, but people getting their sourdough starters going or, you know, learning a new fitness or learning a new language or, you know, that kind of thing. Have you had any lockdown projects that you've, you know, started and anything like that? Oh, I mean, I've started lately. <laughs> Woman after my own heart. I've had, um, you know, the best intentions to do all sorts of things. I thought at the start of this, oh, my house will be immaculate. I'll do all these jobs that you never get around to doing, you know, decorating. I've done none of that. And Perfect. the house pretty much still looks the same. <laughs> um, but I have started, uh, yeah, we've started a few things. I've, I've tried knitting, embroidery, <laughs> done like, lots of cooking things. <laughs> Did you do any of the cooking? Did you do any of the cooking or did you just buy the ingredients and the things that you need in order to do it? Oh, 
oh no, I did do the cooking, but probably only once or twice. So, oh, well, you know, you that's know. that's twice. I'd call that a win. <laughs> yeah, um, started lots of fitness programs. Um, I did manage one for around four weeks, which was good. But then, yeah, motivation is hard to maintain. Well. I mean, we hear about seasonal affective disorder in the UK as it is because of the lack of sunlight that you have and obviously, um, and and I really struggled with it when we were over in the UK a couple of years ago, sort of going, it's pitch black, it must be time for my kids to be in bed. And then you'd look at the clock and go, well, it's half past three or, you know, it's four o'clock kind of thing. Okay, we've probably got a couple of hours where we could do something, but that, you know, there isn't much sunlight and then when you're, not locked inside but when you're limited with what you can do anyway do you think that that was that you know you were hit harder and the social isolation impacted people more so yeah um winter for me was really difficult because i was stuck inside the whole time um i actually got a so i was feeling really tired and i had some blood tests and i'd actually got a vitamin d deficiency so i had to start taking vitamin d um but the issue was that when you look at, even if you're stuck in and you're desperate to get out, when you look outside and it's dark and it's raining and it's cold, I had, you know, no desire whatsoever mm. to go and have a walk around, you know, the block or whatever. So it was really hard just to keep motivated and actually to, yeah, to keep healthy really. Because, and again, every day I'd be like, right, in my dinner time today, I'm going to move away from the computer screen and I'm going to go outside for half an hour. But again, yeah. you know, that probably lasted a few weeks and then I was like, oh, I just can't be bothered now. I just want to sit and, I don't know, watch telly for half an hour before starting back at work. So he was going from one screen to another, really. Yeah. And so very important question now. Did you find yourself watching a lot of Netflix? And if so, do you have any suggestions or recommendations? <laughs> give you loads <laughs> fantastic because i'm always so after a good recommendation <laughs> i have watched so much tv um i'm watching homeland at the minute which is really good mm. so yeah the thing is i i think the call of netflix is a bit stronger than the call of going outside for a walk especially when you know your temperatures do get quite cold mm. yeah and when i finish work at five o'clock it's pitch black. Yeah. And often raining. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, here, if it's less than, don't laugh at me, but if it's less than sort of 24, I'm freezing and I'm rugged up and I've got my woody on and my big thick woolly socks on or a ski parker or something like that. And, you know, sometimes you're at minus five or minus 10. That doesn't work for yeah. me, Charlotte. <laughs> I mean, 24 degrees is like the height of our summer, Emma. Yeah. That's struggle. really hot. That's like, <laughs> we can't sleep at night. It's very uncomfortable. We've got fans on, you know, we're in shorts and t-shirt. No, I've got my winter quilt. So. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to cope with your minus whatever it is. <laughs> um, so with all the things that kind of happened over the lockdown, what was what did you miss the most or what have you missed the most socializing with friends and family it was really difficult not seeing friends um 
I can remember the first time that we was allowed to meet up was basically we could meet with one person and it was outdoors and at a two meter distance. So, you know, the first time that I met up with friends and we'd go and sit in a park, um, just take the picnic blankets, you'd have been freezing. So you'd have probably <laughs> had your clothes on. It was, it was springtime, I think. Yeah, I'd have come in a sleeping bag. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I miss. It's just the normal things that you take for granted, and I think the sad thing is that we have come to accept this as a bit of a new normal, really. And Are you sick of hearing it's that? Quite strange, go, yeah, it's quite strange going out, back out now and doing normal things. It's really nice, but mm. then it was like yesterday. I caught the train um, to meet some friends in Birmingham, and feeling quite anxious about getting the train and things. I was mm. like, oh God, I've not done this in so long. I like, you know, where do I go and what do I do? <laughs> and, well, going back, you know, to last year, we had a we had a short kind of lockdown thing and there was this, there was this big push and everywhere you look, there's posters saying, you know, how to sneeze and make sure you wash your hands and, you know, have you got a temperature? Have you been outside of the country? That kind of thing. And I went to a hardware shop with my dad and I got myself really anxious. So there was hand sanitizer at the door and I thought, I'm not touching that. Where do you think all the germs are? They're on the top of that hand sanitizer. I'm not touching it. And so I didn't want to put a hand sanitizer on. I made the person who was at the door pump it because I didn't want to touch it. And then, um, and before this, I'd be like, oh, this is just ridiculous. Like we have to do all of this. And then we're walking around the hardware shop and my dad was touching everything. I'm like, could you just stop touching things, okay? Cause, and I could feel myself starting to panic because he's touching everything and we've got this, you kind of drummed into you that there's germs everywhere. And I'd never considered that there's germs everywhere. You know, yes, you wash your hands and good hand hygiene and cooking hygiene and all of that kind of stuff. But just this, you know, panic over germs are everywhere and they're going to get you. And I imagine that after 15, 16 months, that must be really difficult getting on the train and thinking, well, how many people have touched that pole on the train and all that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah, it's really hard. When you were saying that, it was, um, yeah, I was just thinking back to the supermarkets and when people get fresh uh, fresh products and stuff, um, having to leave them for two days before touching them again to make sure that nothing was on them and nothing had stayed. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had it here where, um, and I just, you know, things just don't make sense. So the checkout operators they could scan all of your items but they weren't allowed to put it in a bag for you because putting it in a bag meant that they had to touch the item like they've just scanned it for heaven's sake not to mention how many people have touched it getting it on the shelf and all of that kind of stuff but now the checkout operator can't put it in a bag because that's too much of a risk what so just insane <laughs> but we didn't have to leave our food for two days before we could eat it thank goodness okay <laughs> Yeah, there's been some really, yeah, odd, odd things, I guess. Um, yeah, just strange. Yeah, I suppose like I'm, I'm just thinking of one example, like I can go to the pub and I can meet up with loads of people now, mm-hmm. but I couldn't go to university face to face in a socially distanced room. And you think, oh, how does that work? Like, yeah. how is that? 
How is that right? Yeah, um, my cousin over here works on the mine site, so he's fly and fly out. And he was just um, suggesting that perhaps it's a little bit odd that he can sit 10 centimetres away from somebody on a plane and yet when the baggage comes out on the baggage carousel, it has to be three metres apart. So his bag actually has more personal space than he does. So, you know, like why is it that we can sit shoulder to shoulder, like bum cheeks literally rubbing Mm -hmm. against each other on the plane seat, but that you can't, you need to have three metres between bags so that you don't get too close to each other when you're getting stuff off the baggage carousel. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? I mean, if you've been on a plane with someone... Yeah, that's it. Breathing recycled air. Mm, I reckon we could probably get our luggage off the carousel. But yeah, it, there's so many crazy things. It's just, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, but what do you think has surprised you the most about lockdown? Like, was there anything that you thought, actually, I'm really quite enjoying this particular aspect of it or, you know, something that you weren't expecting from lockdown? Um. I'm trying to think of any positives. (laughs) Um, I really appreciated that when I do the Zoom meetings, half the time I'm still in my pyjama bottoms. That's true. Yeah, it's nice that I don't have to wear, you know, work clothes to go to work. I can just get up out of bed and, yeah, basically just going wherever I want to go in. (laughs) Especially with telephone, that's it. It's not even like Zoom where they can see you at all. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. I don't miss the commute to work. Um, it used to take me, well, an hour in the morning, an hour at night to get oh. home. Um, so I definitely don't miss that. That's really good. Mm. And it has been, you know, there have been some nice things. I don't know, like, it's nice sometimes to just be a bit quieter. Every, I suppose, like every week, my calendar is usually booked like doing things mm. so it was nice just coming home well not coming ash home <laughs> yeah yeah ash coming home and yeah just spending time together and we've done a lot of online quizzes <laughs> that a family thing so every thursday we'd do a we'd do the like i don't know it was on zoom it was jay's pub quiz so that was quite nice. I thought you meant things like which Disney princess are you and that kind of online quiz. <laughs> no, it's more general knowledge. Ah, shame. <laughs> Where's this um, Disney princess quiz? This sounds great. Oh, they're the ones that pop up on social media. So, you know, you're just scrolling through and it's, yeah, that kind of thing. So, mm, definitely. What percentage... What percentage insane are you? It's normally like 3,000% insane. Well, when I do it, it is anyway. <laughs> but, you know, might be something to that. Uh. Yeah, there, yeah, there have been some positives and it's it's not all been bad. It's just been very, very different. Yeah. Did you create a list of places that you wanted to go to when things opened back up? It's getting really busy now because we're not doing new things. We're doing things that got cancelled last year. Mm. So we're having to book in all the things that we couldn't do. Yeah. So, yeah, so we're, we're, yeah, we're doing all them kind of things. But it will be really nice when we can go abroad again. But I don't know when that's when that'll going to be. It will definitely not be this year. Um, but I'm hoping that next year we can go on honeymoon. Oh, yeah. 
So, mm, it's tricky. Are there are places open, like, so are hotels open in the UK? Yeah, so everything's reopened um, for us to go away, but you just can't, everything's booked up. Ah, right. Everything's booked up, but everything's really, really expensive. Yeah. Oh, you might have to camp in the back garden. Well, you don't have much of a back garden. <laughs> I'll have to move around to Dad's and pitch a tent. We was quite lucky, actually. We went away um, three weeks ago to the Lake District, um, and we'd actually booked that before we knew that lockdown was easing. So we just picked a date and went, let's just hope for the best, yeah. that actually might be open then. And if not, again, like I said, the cancellation policies are in place now. You can just move it. Yeah. So we was really lucky because we actually managed to do it. I think it was only two weeks before we was due to go that things reopened. Ah, perfect. Oh, that must but have that been was... really great timing that, yeah, everything reopened. You're like, oh, well, sweet, we've got a holiday booked. <laughs> well, yeah, because then as soon as they um, released the roadmap to recovery, which like set out the dates of when everything was going to happen, everything got booked up. Yeah. So are you tempted to book now to try and see, or is it possible to book now to try and see if you can have a couple of nights in a hotel for your honeymoon after your wedding that you've got booked, if it all goes ahead? Yeah, I think we are doing something in England. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. Oh, So any other thoughts on what it's been like living through, I guess, what's going to be, it's going to go down in history books as an unusual time in history, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> I guess it's... Um, yeah, it's coming peaks really for me. I've had times where I've been like, oh no, this is okay. I can manage this. It's fine. To literally climbing up the walls going, I'm in a prison cell here. I can't stand it any longer. It's horrible. Um, to then going back down to actually, it's okay. You've just got to get on with it. Mm. That kind of mentality. So it's just been... It's been very challenging, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, been, been... it's kind of been interesting because speaking to people in the UK, for us, the idea of everything being locked down the way that you were, I can't get my head around it. And then, you know, it's, it almost feels a bit like, you know, the company line of, no, no, we've just got to get on with it and we've just got to get through it. You think, yeah, but what's it actually like in reality? And so it's interesting to hear you going, well, yeah, there are times when you think, yes, we can do this. And times where you think someone's going to die. So, <laughs> and, you know, I was speaking to a cousin whose grandson um, tested positive for COVID and they all live together. And he said that the little boy was fine, but having five of them locked in the house together with, and it's, you know, really quite a small house, not being able to get out of that house, he did think that, you know, he may be arrested for some kind of. <laughs> Some, some kind of um, crime against some member of his family being locked in such a small confined space for such a, such a length of time. No one else caught it, but um, that wasn't the biggest risk, really. That was, yeah, that was pretty low down, the COVID. <laughs> um, yeah. And as I say, I guess the thing is, it, it is what it is. We haven't had any choice. Yeah. So if we was, for the whole time, if, for me, 
if I was like for the whole time, I can't stand this, I can't bear this, yeah. it would have been so much harder because there's nothing we can do. We've no. just got to, we've just got to style it out, really. Yeah, that's it's, it. Were there any? And, actually, and that is my apps. Honestly, I can't tell you how many times a day I say this. I need a t-shirt making with it. Um, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I say it for everything. <laughs> <laughs> how many times a day do you think I don't believe this but I'm saying it anyway if I you know what is it I learn what I believe when I hear myself talk I'm saying it anyway <laughs> yeah but no it has been really really tough but it does make you I've got to say I appreciate things so much more now mm. like stuff that we just take for granted like meeting with family going for a meal at someone's house yeah going out for food because even that at the moment you're still limited with the number of people you can like you you're still limited with only six people in the house is that right if you go to someone's house and two households I think it's two households and this is really bad I don't know I don't know what I only know because I quickly googled the Nottingham COVID restrictions before we got on this call (laughs) I think yeah it's it's I think it's six it's really difficult because yeah. this is another thing. Things change yeah. all the time. Yeah. We've had so many different things and so many different rules to follow. It's really hard to go, oh, yeah, this is what it is now. This Especially way. when every, it was like for different areas. Yeah. I was completely lost by it. Um, but yeah, I guess if we can't, what tends to happen is if we do something, we then go, okay, are we allowed to do this? And then you'll look and check what's, yeah. what the situation is. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I guess that thing of still being limited with you can't have, you can't, you know, you can't invite all your friends over and have a potluck dinner or anything like that because you are still limited to just one household or, you know, you can't, your brothers live in two different households and your parents live in two different households. You can't all be together for, you know, for a family dinner. I think it'd have to be outside, Mm. (laughs) which is okay. It's It's a nice 27 degrees today. Yeah, I'd still have a cardi on, but okay. <laughs> I mean, that's rare. From tomorrow, I think it's meant to rain again. Yeah. Yeah, so a barbecue in the rain, that sounds beautiful. Yeah, yeah, mm. lovely. Yeah. Um, and you said that there were times where you've kind of gone, you know, it is what it is, I'm getting through it, and then there were times where you were crawling the walls. Do you think there was anything that was like a common theme with when you felt like, I can't do this anymore? I don't think there was anything in particular. I think it was, I think it was mainly in winter Mm. where it was just like, we've had this for so long now. I'm absolutely over it. I'm just, I'm done with it. It's difficult because obviously with me not going into work. So at the minute, my house, which was this place where you could go and, you know, at the end of the day and, just relax and that's it that's all it's there for yeah um it has become my workplace it's become my university it's become where I do my counseling sessions it became where I socialized it was literally everything was here and that was it um so it got to a point where I was just thinking you know I don't I don't want to be sat here anymore you know I want to do at the same time I don't actually want to go outside either (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to go out walking because it's raining and it's dark. 
I just want to do something that's normal. I want to go back to work or I want to go. And what is that saying? If you, you know, you kind of think I've had enough of this, but I want to go back to work now. (laughs) What what is that saying? I I have said that so many times. I always thought that I'd really like to work from home. I absolutely do not. Mm. (laughs) That is, yeah. And I don't know if it would have been different if, You'd just have been working from home, but everything, everything else, else was, was fine. Yeah. You know, fine because you had that respite from being here. Mm. But I think because everything's contained in this, you know, one room, it's just really, really tough. Yeah. And how did you go with switching off between, you know, work time and home time? Did you find that work time bled into being at home? Like, was it easy yeah. to shut off in between? Not really, because, you know, I've got all my equipment here in the house. It's so easy just to walk past and go, oh, I'm going to check my emails mm. or, oh, I can see that my landline is um, beeping with a message or actually I'll just do this and then I don't have to do that in the morning. And it's just, yeah, it's hard to switch off when it's when it's all here, really. Yeah. And did that, you know, did that cause any issues with, you know, with your partner, with Ash, with that you know I talk to friends who are going who because of the mines over here a lot of people are still working from home because the mines are being quite cautious and so you know then they're finding that their partners are now working instead of going to work for x number of hours they're now starting two hours earlier but still going and doing that checking their emails or just just making this quick call and um you know so I know quite a few partners who are kind of going like seriously we need to try and work out how you're going to leave work at work you know shut the office door and that kind of thing but how do you you know, did that cause any issues with ash with that way not really because ash um he comes home a lot later than me uh, so then he's still got the commute really easy to continue doing because he's not there yeah. so yeah and to be honest, I think if I started going at 10 o'clock at night, he'd be, oh, I can watch what I want on telly now and I'm not having to sit and watch Desperate Housewives or something. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and because it, it's not like you can go anywhere else anyway, so it's not like it's interfering with your social life, is it? That is very, very true. Mm, yeah. 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 Oh, dear. Um, so any other thoughts on, you know, for people who might be, struggling or people who don't have any concept of what it's like any final thoughts on what living through lockdown's been like i suppose just being yeah just being thankful really that it could be so much worse couldn't it and i think that's the thing that stayed with me through all of this when i thought you know i'm I'm fed up with this i can't go to uni or i can't go out And then I think about the people who, you know, have lost their parents in this or, you know, friends and siblings. And yeah, we're we're really lucky actually. And all my family are, you know, we haven't lost anyone and, you know, we have managed to all keep safe in it. So as much as I've been fed up and I've moaned about the things like, you know, as I say, not having normality and not having no my, past my or tricky how it should be yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually really lucky so yeah and yeah that's it I think it's trying to keep things in perspective isn't it and and it's been difficult yeah. for us here to to see that perspective because like I said we haven't 
experienced it and um and i think yeah what you see on the news it's hard to it's hard to know what to believe i think because there's so much sensationalism we really don't know what's happening so yeah so thank- and that's been the same for us to be fair i mean you know there's been so many things out there and so many stories that you think is that true isn't mm. it and it's really it's really hard and i think it's really divided people yeah there's the people who you know have worked from home and the people who haven't and the resentfulness of that people who've been key workers who've been in the hospitals and things um I'm just thinking of, yeah, how much it's had people who have the vaccine and people who've chosen not to. It has caused a lot of conflict. Mm, Yeah. Do you see that conflict starting to resolve or do you just see it growing as we try and move out of, you know, out of all the restrictions and back to some sort of sense of normality? I think it depends how it goes next. Mm. I think if things continue to move forward and things continue to go back to normal um that will hopefully start to resolve but i think if things stay as they are or things get worse again Mm. i think it's only going to increase really yeah no we're that we are definitely experiencing here with the you know the different schools of thought on it and it is and i think there's kind of this us and them mentality which is it's growing i think we need to try and find a way that we can bring people together rather than trying to find ways that we can not divide and conquer but certainly divide and and pit people against each other so it would be much better to try and find ways that we can bring people together and find ways that we you know what we have in common rather than what's separating people yeah definitely and I think as well here it all depends on what the rules are going to be next Mm. because you know there's talk about things like having covid passports uh, for the vaccines and you know for people who have made the decision not to have that that's so it's isolating isn't Mm. it yeah yeah no most definitely um and there's been talk of that over here as well and and it definitely is isolating and that is definitely divisive between you know the two schools of thought on that so it's yeah it's really is quite terrible i think and you know trying to try is it going to be compulsory can you make it compulsory where there's risk there needs to be choice but then you know then there's kind of this guilt that a you know people should put other people first and what does that mean and yeah it's just you can just go round and round in circles all day with all of that stuff yeah so yeah is the vaccine starting to be rolled out in australia now it is yeah yeah so not i mean and that's hard to know as well as and say not in the same kind of um magnitude that it is in the uk but we don't know whether or not what we're seeing is actually accurate so um but yeah it's definitely being portrayed as being a good uptake over in the uk over in the uk so but it's, so it's interesting to hear that you do have people in both schools of thought yeah absolutely mm. um yeah definitely mm. yeah well thank you so much for sharing all of your experiences and sharing your thoughts and everything that's happened over the past I'm going to say 15 months I didn't actually count on my fingers how many months it has been since March so I'm going with 15 um but it feels like a long time anyway um thanks for sure lost track of months yeah I bet you have and I mean I feel like I do feel like we kind of we're going okay well 
2020, we just need 2020 to be over and 2021, this is going to be our year. And then 2021 was kind of like, you know, hold my beer kind of thing. I'm going to show you. Um, so, um, yeah, and it's just, it seems to be flying by and uh, I don't know. It, we just don't know what tomorrow is going to bring it anyway. And I think that's what's been tricky over here as well, that everything was just going along really well and then all of a sudden bang we started we had a couple of positive cases nothing compared to what was in the uk but a couple of positive cases and then the whole of well perth metro just felt like the whole of wa so perth metro then just went into lockdown but it was overnight so it's that kind of uncertainty of what's going to happen tomorrow and we don't know and so everyone's kind of on tender hooks waiting to find out what's going to happen and um but then we see the other thing where you guys have been closed down for quite some time and think, well, maybe being on tender hooks isn't so bad, actually. <laughs> you get given the notice. It's not a long um, notice, but it's definitely more than 24 hours. Um, but yeah, Raj, Raj just seems to last that little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Well, at this, um, so for me, that's what I found really difficult at the start of this year was we had, uh, our kids were supposed to be going back to school and then there were a couple of positive cases. And then, so we went into lockdown and they go, okay, well, it's seven days. But because we'd seen what had happened in the UK, I was kind of going, oh, it's not just going to be seven days, is it? It's going, because it was supposed to be a UK variant and it's going to be so much longer and just that uncertainty of what was going to happen. And then we're like, oh, no, actually, it is just, seven. okay, well, kids are back to school and we're back to work and okay, right. It was just seven days. So, yeah, I'm definitely not complaining about the seven days and then the three days comparatively. So, yeah. But, yeah, thank you very much for sharing all of your experiences. I very much appreciate you giving up your time on a Sunday afternoon to share all this with us. Um, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of A Hidden World of Women, a podcast brought to you by Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. For more information on the services we offer, head to whws.org.au or Women's Health and Wellbeing Services on YouTube and social media. Looking forward to the next episode where we uncover the hidden world of women.